This is Contra Radio from Contra.Scot. Welcome, parishioners, to this week's edition of the Sunday Salmon. I'm David Jameson, editor of Contra.Scot and your good minister. The thief cometh not but for to steal, and to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. John 10.10, King James Bible. I suppose this sermon is about the thief, and about those who want not just to give life, but give it more abundantly. The thief is inflation, driven by the profiteering of the world's largest corporations grasping for profits in a generalised, system-wide crisis of profitability, and also by, among other factors, the war raging in Europe and the economic war which is its corollary. Rampant inflation, now well past 10%, even by CPI inflation rates, is tearing into the wages of workers around the world, including the wages of private and public sector workers in the UK, who have seen their wages stagnate now for 10, sometimes 15 years. This week saw teachers, nurses and civil servants vote to join the fray of the strike wave sweeping the UK, and those votes are certainly set to raise the temperature in Scottish politics in the coming months. The votes for strike were widespread, and bus Tory-imposed anti-union thresholds designed to stop workers taking action. Every NHS service in Scotland will be affected by a nurses' strike demanding a 5% pay increase above inflation, against a flat rate real-terms pay cut offered by the Scottish Government. Meanwhile, civil servants voted for strike in numerous sectors, from UK government departments to Scottish devolved sectors, though it appears not all have broken the 50% threshold and could be reballoted. The Scottish Government's pay policy for civil servants in 2022-23 is for just a 3% rise for the lowest paid workers, against 10% demanded by the PCS union. And at the same time, teachers in Scotland exploded the threshold with a massive 71% turnout, voting by 96% for strike action. They demand a 10% pay rise against a 5% offer, a more than 5% real-terms cut. The significance of this slew of successful ballots is not only in adding momentum to strikes already underway, from rail to telecoms and post, and winning in some sectors, including in the Liverpool docks, though it will certainly add to that momentum. But it also applies new pressure to governments north and south of the border. Predictably, Scottish government officials are already pleading that they lack the tax and borrowing powers to meet workers' demands. They are, they eternally protest, victims of circumstance. And how many times have we heard that in recent years? There is a glaring problem with this narrative. The Scottish government itself actively provoked this confrontation. On the 31st of May, barely six months ago, Finance Minister Kate Forbes announced massive cuts to the public sector. In addition to blanket real-terms pay cuts, she proposed to shrink the number of workers employed by the state in Scotland by between 30 to 40,000 workers. 
these projected job cuts would significantly outstrip those proposed by the then UK Chancellor Jacob Rees-Mogg. In fact, he would have had to have claimed around 300,000 scalps at a UK-wide level to match the cuts in Scotland. The shock announcement of the scale of the cutbacks proposed in May this year was itself politically calculated to send a message to big business and powerful state and transnational institutions. The Scottish Government are serious about fiscal discipline and marketisation. Forbes herself could not have been clearer about this. She told journalists that the public sector required reform after years of unsustainable growth and that state sectors would need to, quote, consider scope for innovation that embraces entrepreneurship, improves value for money, offers opportunities for commercialisation, better manages assets and brings benefit to the public purse. Words straight out of the Cameron Osborne playbook. It is clear now that the massive scale of the attack and the assertive ideological language of small statism has also provoked a response from workers, especially when the Scottish government's rhetoric mixes with the reality of runaway inflation. And that's why the wailing has started about a lack of powers from the Scottish government. I have to say I think it takes some gall for the Scottish government to announce a massive assault on the public sector in May in language intended to communicate hard-headed fealty to fiscal conservatism and then cry and plead powerlessness in November when workers vote to stand up for themselves. You don't get to whap out your manhood in May and strut and puff your chest out and say, look at us, we are the adults in the room, we are the strong hand, we are going to subject bloated public finances in Scotland to a bit of good old-fashioned fiscal discipline. We are going to put public sector workers back in their place. They've become decadent, they've become too comfortable. But don't worry, we are the tough flinty pragmatists who are going to put it all right and then six months later go oh boo-hoo the unions are bullying us we don't have enough money you should have thought of that you should have thought of that when you wanted to play the hard man this cry bully routine is unlikely to convince workers a party in government for well over 15 years simply has no grounds to complain that it cannot establish a more progressive tax regime mid-financial year especially when it has proposed tax reform every one of those years. A government which has supported inflationary war spending over Ukraine by the British state backed the economic war spiking energy prices and thrown £65 million from its own strained accounts into the maelstrom to boot can hardly plead neutrality when inflation eats into workers' pay. The Scottish government are the co-authors, with London, of the attacks on the pay and living standards of millions of workers. Those resisting in all sectors, public and private, must win, both for themselves and the sake of the majority wage-earning population in this country. And never mind the crying and the false vulnerability from government ministers. Believe me, those ministers who bleat and call for industrial peace today on the grounds of pragmatism or seriousness or being realistic will return to the tough guy act in the coming months and years of recession, when they think they've got the upper hand, when they think the boot is back on their foot, it'll be balls out on the table again, 
and you, public sector workers, will be the self-indulgent children who didn't understand that they needed to see a cut in their pay or their conditions to set the worldly finances right again. Want more like this? Subscribe to Contra Radio on our SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sign up to our regular newsletter at contour.substack.com and find great articles and more at contour.scot. We really rely on listeners like you to help us grow. In return, you get access to exclusive content and events by joining our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash contrascott.com.